Okay, we want to welcome everyone tonight to this wonderful TNEC event of Amuna Tour 2022. I'm not introducing the rabbi, we're going to introduce Rabbi Shreya, the rabbi of the shul, who kindly enabled us to be here. And um, together with, uh, with Rivka uh, Jacqueline Hamburger, and we appreciate everybody's partnership all the different efforts have been made. I see the advertisement everywhere, thank God. That's an amazing thing, that's what we want. We want people to know about Ravorish and share Amuna Global, that is our tagline. This is an important event for us, more than all the events till now, because this is our last event, public event, in um, the USA. And you can't take for granted the Rav made it here tonight, made it to the USA, made it to New York, there's a lot, a lot of requests been coming in from all over the USA and Mexico City and other locations for the Rav to be there. We've had people calling in from Brazil. We've had people flying in from Missouri, from Colorado, from throughout the United States, LA, Miami. Gedali himself came up special for the Rav and made a class just for the Rav. It was pretty much for Rav Shalom Morris, even though he did follow up with another class at the end of it. But he really came, Gedali Fenster, for Rav Shalom Morish has many of the other Miami friends. And um, it just shows how, how beloved he is, and at the same time, how much he's needed for our generation. And Hashem arranges every year which, which places the Rav will be. We had a beautiful Shabbos in Monty, and we thank the community there, part of Shiners, Chevra. Very much a big thank you to them for hosting us so kindly and generously and being involved with the rabbi all these years. And remember that the Rav is leaving all his institutes behind when he comes here. He's, thank God, he's busy with, with maybe thousands of Jews, I think, uh, included in Kutcho Chesed Institutes. And it's a big thing for him to leave and not be available there for two Shabbases. So you have the pleasure to have the special Malava Malka with Rav Shalom Orish. We have a wonderful, wonderful translator with Dain Elgrad who will be translating. He's also come special. He's a Dayan, he's a Posek, he's a Rav, he's a, on a base then, and he's a very busy, busy person, but there's no better translator that we could find at this time, and he is the person who's a student of the Rav and also learns Bechavusa with the Rav, so he really understands Rav Shalom Orish's way of speaking, and it means we get the full benefit of his skills. So just though you get the picture, it's not something we should take for granted what's been going on, that we made it here. He is a very unique teacher of Christ as well. And people, unfortunately, are no longer being accepted for meetings. There's such a large demand, and we apologize in advance. But we did put out the message months ago, and we tried our best to fit everybody in. So anyone who doesn't make it um, can get a blessing at the end of this year, and anyone who... Uh, who, who wants to get a blessing can come afterwards and get a blessing, but it's not available, the meeting option. I apologize. Just thank God we're so busy. There is ability in Eretz Israel, but it's a different experience because Eretz Israel is always different. It's not like a 50-minute, nice, organized, relaxed place. It's uh, Eretz Israel style, Yushalayim style, much busier. But uh, anyway, Baruch Hashem, the Rav made it here. We're here. We had the two special parshas that we made this tour for, Lech Lecha and Be'era. We had the light of Avram Avinu, the light of Sarimenu, or Avram when brought Amuna, the rush of all the Maminim, as the Rav will talk about. And we 
come to you with that light, with that energy and that focus. And I heard from a rabbi of Uziel Tauber, I don't know if any of you have heard of Uziel Tauber. He was a Talmuder of uh, Weissmandel. And I had the merit to meet with him many times uh, in Yushalayim. And he said to me that Avram Avinu is the Sadiq for, all the, for our generation. This is the, the, the key figure for all of us, because we all have to become a Yochid like Avram Avinu and have the strength to lead our family and our, and our, and our home and our, and our community. We have to become leaders like Avram Avinu. We have to be the Rosh of Maminim. We have to all be people of Amuna and, and give over those teachings of kindness and truth that Avram Avinu represented. So I see here, thank God, a beautiful community, and that's a big advantage. Not everyone has that. And we appreciate you came. It means a lot. I can see, thank God, a good amount of people. It's Malava Malka. It's a busy time, new week. So we're going to allow Rav Shai to, to uh, please come up and introduce the Rav. We're not sure exactly when the Rav's going to actually be here. So we give you free reign. And once the Rav walks in, you can announce his arrival. You can say some Torah while we're waiting, so we're not just sitting here. And uh, if, if that's okay. I don't know Rabbi Shrai, but I'm sure that's okay, since he's kindly hosting us. And just to let you know, this, these classes do go up on all our platforms, amunalive.com, breslev.com. Anyone who wants any books or any information, they go to breslev.com, B-R-E-S-L-E-V.com. And we are posting, please God, Weekly classes, classes from the Rav, classes from, from the staff there of Amuna and AmunaLive.com is where you'll get the live feed and ability to partner and any updates about the tours and ability to contact me directly um, for future events and for future opportunities. And this is the Rabbi, Baruch Hashem. Thank you again for hosting. I don't know if you heard before. You heard before? Someone told you. Huh? Okay, good. We're just praising you for hosting this so kindly. Thank you. So we'd like you to speak a few words um, before the rabbi comes. It, there's no pressure on time. Once the rabbi walks in, you can announce him. I don't know exactly when. It's not clear yet where he is. I mean, he's on his way, but exactly the time frame, I don't know. So uh, everyone excuse for the later time, but that's uh, when we're going in the ways of Siddiquim, we have to be a little bit more patient. That's just how it goes. So please, Rabbi Shrai, come up and uh, introduce this wonderful evening together. Thank you so much, everybody. Thank you so much uh, for joining us. Of course, it's a, it's a pleasure for us to be hosting uh, such an, a wonderful event. Um, and hopefully, as... Uh, as Rabbi Friedman said, hopefully Rabbi Arush will be here soon. Um, I wanted to just start with a reflection from the parashiyos that we are reading now, and particularly the journey of Abraham Avinu that's chronicled last week in Parshas Lechava, this week in Parshas Vayera, the important journey that, that, of course, is a model for all of us in our spiritual journey through life. There is a well-known Ma'amar Hazal that was actually on last week's parsha rather than this week's parsha that is, this, is uh, a comment on a pasuk that appears in Barashas Parakid Beis Pasuk hey, describing the initial journey of Abraham and his family from Haran to Eretz Kenan. The pasuk says, Avram Sarai, his wife Sarai, 
his nephew Lot, they all take their possessions, the Ezhan Nefesh Asher Haran, and the Nefashos, the people that they had literally made in Haran, is the literal translation of the Pasuk, and they left to head to Eretz Canaan, and indeed they, they arrived in Eretz Canaan. The Mepharshim discuss what exactly this phrase, Nefesh Asher Haran, means. What are these Nefashos, these lives that they created, that they forged in Haran? Rashi offers two approaches in his commentary on the Pasuk. He says either it refers to Avad and Mushvachos, they had lots of servants that were serving them when they were in Haran, and they took them along with them to Eretz Canaan. But the first approach that Rashi offers is based on a Medrash Bereshis Rabbah that says, The souls that they had brought under literally the wings of the Shechina. Abraham would convert the men, and Sarah would convert the women. Now, it's a well-known Ma'amar Chazal that indeed describes the process through which Abraham Avinu and Sarah Imenu would go around. They would, they would teach people, they would preach to people, they would always welcome them inside their tent. But what the Medrash doesn't describe is what was this process of, of Giyur, what was this conversion? Of course, we're dealing with a time that was before Matan Torah, it was before the Torah was given, it was before there were 613 mitzvahs, it was before there was a formal process of, of Geirus. There was no mitzvah of Brismila yet. There was no uh, Kabbalah's all mitzvahs. There was no acceptance of the mitzvahs at this stage. So what exactly is this conversion that the Medrash describes? Now, of course, on one level, it could be that even though the Torah wasn't given, Abraham and Sarah, the Medrash also tells us, they knew through some degree of prophecy about the 613 mitzvahs, and it's possible that they were teaching these 613 mitzvahs to others. But I think on a Pashat Pshat level, it appears that what Abraham and Sarah were teaching what brought others tachas kanfei ashchina beneath the wings of the shchina was emuna. What they were teaching was emuna, simple faith in the ribono shalolam. That was the core that that the world needed to recognize in order to enter these kanfei ashchina, in order to recognize the divine presence of the ribono shalolam. Abraham and Sarah lived in a very very confused world. Abraham is called Abraham ha'ivri. The entire world was on one side of the ideological divide. They did not have emuna. They were engaged in all sorts of paganistic worship. And Abraham Avinu was the sole personality on the other side. And in that confused world, it was, it was Abraham's. It was his responsibility, together with Sarah, his wife, to teach others emuna, to teach them to believe in a world that really militated in so many ways against the belief that they were preaching. And since the times of Abraham Avinu, certain things have changed dramatically. We have the benefit of having learned the lessons of Abraham Avinu. We have the benefit of being B'nai Abraham Avinu and being his descendants. We have absorbed his ideological message. We understand the message he taught us. We don't have to discover it on our own the way Abraham Avinu did. We have the benefit of standing on his shoulders and on the shoulders of all of our ancestors who have taught us Amuna. We live in a world in which the Torah was already given. We don't need to intuit the 613 mitzvahs, or, or hear them through divine prophecy, we have the benefit of learning Torah and immersing ourselves in Torah, which is an important source of emuna as well. But certain things do remain the same. For all that's changed since the times of Avram Avinu thousands of years ago, others, other things remain static. We still live in a world that so often militates against emuna. We live in a world that sometimes tries to preach to us that we shouldn't believe or makes it difficult for us to believe. And it's upon us to stand on that second Ever Hanahar, to stand on the other side of the ideological divide like Abraham Avinu before us and make sure that we are following that path of Emunah. 
And so to have uh, an event that is that is surrounds Emuna and to have, well, not with us, but hopefully with us, one of the, the most um, widely read, celebrated, listened to, uh, followed teachers of Emuna in our world, one of the pe- people who teaches Emuna to the masses, the thousands really throughout the world, in all corners of the world, is, is really just so important and so critical to who we are as Klal Yisrael. And it is my hope, again, I know that we don't have... Uh, we don't have Rabbi Arush here yet, but hopefully he will be here soon. Being and hope recorded. Is being recorded. He, oh, he's he he will okay. But it's my hope that as Hashem, there should be an opportunity for all of us to be machazik our amuna to strengthen our amuna and continue that mission that Abraham Avinu started for us so many thousands of years ago. Oh yes, I'd like to thank. Who am I thanking? <laughs> Chazak. I'd like to thank Chazak who are joining us as well. I'd like to take the opportunity also to thank one of our congregants at B'nai Shur and Rivka Hamburger, who really went above and beyond to put this event together. She's going to be so mad at me for thanking her, but she herself is also a real paradigm of Emuna, and I want to thank her for, for this event as well. Yes, okay. Great. Thank you, Rabbi So, um, Hashem has organized a special, special opportunity for our Dayan and Posik, Rev Dayan Elgod, to join us and speak. Please, can you come up? It's a very big schuss. We've, we've wanted to hear from him more during this tour. And Rav Oish, I think, is delayed just so that we can have that merit to hear from him. He's a very special rabbi. And pay attention to what he says. Thank you very much. Good evening to everyone. This is a bit of a surprise, so please, since I did not prepare initially, this is going to be more spontaneous. Uh, my name is Elchanan Elgur. I was born 45 years ago in Israel. My parents are Londoners, and since till the age of three, I didn't speak a word of Hebrew, so I suppose English is my mamaloshim, and hence the accent. Uh, I, my former rabbi was, I'm sure, someone that many of you know, Ramodechai Liao, a blessed memory, the chief rabbi of Israel. I was very close to the Rov. The Rov uh, ordained me for Rabonus, for Dayonus. I was ordained as a Dayan at the age of 29, and I served as a Dayan in Rehovot. I had their congregation, I had their koilel, and then my neshama died. Yeah, it sounds very dramatic, but the story was that when I was a young Avrich, I got the book, The Garden of Emunah. I thought it was an unbelievable book. I stayed awake all night long. I read the book twice. I had many comments found a lot of sources for the book, and I tried to work with the book on my own. It lasted for approximately one month, and then it uh, dissipated, disappeared, and I found myself eventually losing that path. And then as I started serving as a Dayan in the Chovot, I felt that I went into a real Imuna crisis. I was learning, I was teaching, but my connection to Hashem just simply disappeared. I felt I was getting angry, I was getting frustrated, I felt that I had no, I wasn't happy waking up in the morning, and I, had, I didn't enjoy my spiritual life, and I felt that I was literally disconnected from Hashem. And then I decided that the only book that ever helped me was the Garden of Emunah, so I went to meet the rabbi. I met him on Kaftet Iyar, on uh, 5769. That's when I met him, Tavshin Samechtet, in a shul in Rishon Etzion in Eshed Anichalim Street, number 51. And I went there to meet the Rav, and 
we formed, I, I met him, I was the last one in line, and we formed an unbelievable bond, and he told me that whenever I want to come up to Yerushalayim, I can come up and we can learn together. I came three days later to Yerushalayim, and as I came, the Rav saw me, he dedicated the whole day for me. He took me to my first Itbodidut, taught me how to connect to Hashem, and after three times that we met in three consecutive weeks, I told him that I want him to be my rabbi. I was very stubborn, and I'm, I'm, I'm a bit problematic. So I told him I have my conditions. He said to me that he also has his conditions, and we shook hands on it. So that was everything fine. And then the fourth time we met, he says, listen, I want you to leave your job in Rehovot. I said to him, what? He says, listen, I want you to leave Rehovot, quit your koilil, quit your kehillah, and I want you to come to my yeshiva, and I want you to be the head of the koilil and dine in my kehillah. I said to him, listen, Rabbi, I have to ask my wife. So uh, I went home and I asked my wife, and my wife's reaction was like this. Yes, you're finally going to be a Frum Jew. Okay, that was her reaction. So my wife was absolutely delighted, which just shows you how bad my situation was, even though I didn't realize it. My wife's reaction told me. And I've been with the rabbi for 14 years. It's been an unbelievable trip. We have a chavrusa. We learn nearly on a daily basis. Uh, I serve as the spiritual manager and the head of the rabbi's uh, institutes from the spiritual point of view. I'm the dine of the Kehillah. Uh, I also work, and many of you I think know uh, Hidabrut organization, right? I'm the head of the Batei Din for Hidabrut also, which is also an interesting job, also related to Kehru, which is also fascinating. I'd like to tell you a few things about the rabbi. I'm a very skeptical person, okay? I'm English, I'm Yekish, which makes... Uh, Things very problematic for us. We're not natural Hasidim, what's called. Yes, and I'm sure Rabbi Shvaya Shlita would agree with me that coming from my upbringing makes it very different. When, when, I, when I became, when I turned into Breslev, my family's reaction was very, what? I mean, how come? By the way, my children all look like the rabbi. In other words, they've all got long pairs, they look like Hasidim. The rabbi will not let me dress like a Hasid. He wants me to look like a Litvishirov because he claims that the thing that Breslov is lacking most is people think that we don't have Torah in Breslov. So he wants his rabbis to look like Litvishirovonim and that way everyone accepts us because it makes no, it doesn't make a difference where you go to as long as you're dressed like this, everyone thinks that you're a rabbi. And it's proved this point because when I first had a meeting with Rav Zamir Kohen Shlita, the head of Hidabrut organization, he knows I'm a Breslov Echosid, he knows I'm a Talmud of the Rav, and he nevertheless accepted me to work for him. And I asked him, I was very interested, I said to him, Rabbi, I want to ask you a question. If I look like a Chosid, would you have hired me? He said to me, no way. So, in other words, the Rav's, the Rav's methodology has proved itself. And uh, it's, we have... It's, it's a, something unbelievable what the robbers managed to create. I can tell you that I've seen the rabbi in the most difficult situations. Now, since I'm a very skeptical person, I'm going to tell you the biggest moifus. This is the biggest miracle I've seen with the rabbi. Unfortunately, and I'm saying this mostly about myself, I hope that you're exceptions, but most of the people that I know in this world are rather phony. We're not real people. We masquerade, we pretend outside, we're very different in our appearances outside and in the public than we are at home. We're different people. Normally at home we behave in a very different manner than we do outside with people. We're very different in shul than we are at work. We tend to change our personas according to what society expects us. From my experience, there were very few what's called Anshay Emes, people of truth that I've managed to meet through my life. 
And Baruch Hashem, through my life, I've always been connected to many, many G'doyle Yisrael. Now, G'doyle Yisrael, the great rabbis, really are exceptions, but you barely see that in regular people. I can tell you that after 14 years of the rabbi, and I'm very skeptical, very critical, the rabbi is a man of truth, which means what you see is what you get. And what he talks about is what he lives on a day-to-day -day basis. And I'm going to tell two stories just so you can understand what I mean. Story number one, a couple of years ago, we were on the way to America. This was four or five hours before the flight, and they couldn't find the rabbi's passport. Okay, now, this is a flight, everything's pre-planned, things are being order, invited, and things are being ordered already earlier on. What's our typical reaction as people when you can't find a passport four hours before the flight? Mayhem. Okay, I mean, we're talking here about an absolute mayhem. Everything was going on there in the house. Everyone's running around, looking for the passports, opening the drawers. And the rabbi's standing there, like an island of tranquility, and he's saying to the Rebetzin, I don't understand. If Hashem does not want us to go to America, then we won't go. And she's going, how can you say that? People are waiting for us. We have a flight. We have tickets. And he says to her, we can't fight the will of Hashem. She says to him, stop praying. Pray now. Now. Okay, so I was in the room with the rabbi. So the rabbi says, okay, let's say chapter 110. Let's say Mizmola Toda. So we say Mizmola Toda. And then the rabbi says, maybe look in the second drawer. Maybe the passport's there. And she says to him, I've been looked there. I've, been, I've, been in the, I've looked at the drawer already for 10 times. I haven't found the passport. And the rabbi says, try again. Okay, they open the drawer. The passport was there. Obviously, it was there just hidden behind something. And then the rabbi's reaction was, okay. So Hashem does want us to go to America. And that was it. But that's a small story. Seven years ago, I think it was seven years ago, the rabbi lost his two-year-old granddaughter. It was on uh, the end of the Hilula of the Babasali, and they were, it was a very foggy night. His son was driving away from Netivot. Someone came from the other direction, and because it was so foggy, she went into the lane, into the complete opposite lane. She drove for about eight minutes and crashed them head on. The whole family was wounded, they were all hospitalized, and the rabbi lost his two-year-old granddaughter. Now, we had to go the next day to the funeral, and uh, that is something that I don't wish for anyone ever to have to experience, having to bury a young child. We were devastated. The whole kihilo was devastated. And the rabbi standing there, and he's giving a sheer on emuna. Now, next to me were standing two uh, reporters from Channel 2 in Israel. And the rabbi is there is giving a sheer. And he's saying, we'd like to say, Thank you to Hashem. We don't understand, but we believe it's for the best. We had the merit to have this neshama with us for two years, and now it's time to return it. We did our best, and we're thanking Hashem that we managed to return her pure like we got her. Now, we're all crying there, and he is giving a sheer on Emuna with his granddaughter there. The two reporters who were not from were standing next to me, they were, I could hear them speaking. They were saying, we've never seen anything like this. I mean, we've been to dozens of funerals and all these different events. That's their job. They're reporters. We've never seen anything like this, that a person is burying his two-year-old granddaughter, and this is what he's doing. He is giving a shear in the moon, and it continued. We were in the funeral house. I don't know if you know Israel in the area of Shamgar. It's uh, in Yerushalayim. And then we went on to, the, to Harazetim, to the Olive Mounts, and it continued. We got there another shear. And this was the funeral. And everyone that came for the Nechum Avelim heard a shear in Emunah. Now, 
this is something that when I saw this, I realized, this really hit me then, that this is a man of Emmaus. This is a man of truth. And what he preaches is what he lives. Approximately eight and a half months ago, the rabbi lost his power of speech. They're not exactly sure what happened and what's the medical reason, but for someone who's used to going and giving shiurim all over the world, I'm sure you can imagine what it means for such a person to lose the power of speech. Now, many people, when that happens to them, they become depressed, they become morose, they close themselves at home, they don't go out. And with the rabbi, it was nothing. There were two words he was able to say, only two words. The two words were amen and todah. The only thing he could say. For three months, he couldn't barely say a word. And it was unbelievable. This, this was not a simple trial. And it was just unbelievable to see how a person who has emuna copes with life. It's just something phenomenal. Approximately six years ago, me and the rabbi went to do Bikur Choy. We went to visit one of the biggest rabbis in Eretz Yisrael. I'm not going to say his name. There's not one of you here that doesn't know the name. He was very sick for the last year and a half of his life. And we were asked to come and visit him. So I came along with the rabbi. And we came there. And he spent half an hour crying to the rabbi for all the anguish and pain that he was suffering and the difficulties that he was having being confined to his house and everything that he went through. It was very, very upsetting. We went out and a relative of this great rabbi, who's the one who asked us to come, came to escort us to the car. And the rabbi said to him, listen, I want to say to you something. Please don't be insulted of what I'm saying. Your relative may be a very great rabbi, a very great poiset, an incredible Torah scholar. But the grade that he gets in Emuna is one big round zero. He is a nothing in Emuna. For half an hour that I spent with him, all he did was cry and complain, and as they say in Yiddish, and kvetch. That's all he did. And he said to him, and do you know what the reason is? I'm going to tell you what the reason is. Emuna is a lifelong study and a lifelong struggle. He hasn't practiced through his life Emuna. He's never studied Emuna. He's never practiced Emuna. So when the trial finally came, he failed the test. When he had to face the battle, he had no ability to handle the battle. And this is the result. The rabbi has been practicing Emunah for his whole life. So when the rabbi has had his battles, Rabbi Arush, and he's had his share of battles, you can see the result. People have asked me many times during this tour, how does one really gain the virtue of Emunah? From my experience, and again, I'd like, to, I'd like also to understand another small thing. I'm sorry I'm saying this. I'm just a rabbi. In other words, the difference between me and other people is merely that I know more regarding Torah than others. I'm not a tzaddik, okay? And I have a lot to work also in my own emuna. My 14 years are not enough, absolutely not enough. It's still a daily struggle for me, and I'm really not there. I'm still studying, I'm trying. So please don't think that when I talk, I'm an example, and I'm trying to preach. I'm absolutely not trying to preach. I'm on the same course as everyone else here. But people have asked me, how does one gain the virtue of Emunah? And from my experience, I think there are four stages that a person has got to go through. The stage, the first stage is, you have to learn about Emunah. Emunah is a subject like any other subject. You can't be a rabbi and being able to answer on laws that are regarding Shabbos without learning the laws that are regarding Shabbos. You can't be a philosophy teacher without learning philosophy. 
you can't practice Imuna without studying Imuna. And the Gemara says at the end of Tractate Makos, the Gemara there says on the 24th page, says the Gemara that all the mitzvahs, we can, con- we can concise them into one phrase, and that is V'tzadik Bemuna Toichir. In other words, it's all concentrated around Imuna. You have to study about Imuna which is one of the most amazing things about the rabbi's books, because they really encompass everything. Child education, domestic peace and tranquility, dealing with the moon on a daily basis, being able to cope with the whole issues of purity in our world, which is a very, very difficult world, especially with all the open technology that we have to cope with, and so on and so on. The second thing is, you have to pray for Imuna. People think, I don't understand. Why do I have to pray for Emunah? There's a Gemara in Tractate Nida, the last Tractate in the Shas. The Gemara there says on the 70th page on the second side that the people of Alexandria asked Rabbi Yoshua ben Hanania, how can a person gain the ability and knowledge of Torah? The rabbi has come and I'm stopping now. I apologize. <coughs> Happy to invite Rav Oresh to the stage, the Bima, Aaron Kodesh, and we're going to sing together. Thank you, Hashem. Thank you, Hashem. Everybody. Thank you, Hashem. 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 Good vach to everyone. Now I have one loudspeaker, so one microphone's with you. I apologize for being late. With the permission of the rabbi of the congregation of Ashraya כולם להגיד תודה לשם על התורה הקדושה. Everyone say thank you to Hashem for the Holy Torah. תודה לשם על המצוות, for all the commandments, for all the Shabbatot, for all the righteous people that we Shadam Omar Torada at a height 
When you say thank you, you acknowledge the fact that this belongs to Hashem, and Hashem is giving us permission to use it. As Adam, all Everything in this world, we need to ask Hashem for it. We need to daven for it. Amenu Nachman ben Kvigi mishtaper esiboray maasot mishtaper tet maasay mechacham avodah bata. Rabbi Nachman and Breslev, his mother was called Fegi. He tells in his book, Sikurema Siyot, tales, ancient tales, in the ninth tale, which is called a tale of a simpleton and a wise man. Abenu Samper al Shrey al Yadim She Ayu Booto Ayrir Bealaim Aurim Ashirim Batim Dulim Lamdu Tastol Oto Melamed Akol Akol Mamash Shavim Bakol. Rabbi Nachman tells of two children who lived in the same city, and everything about them was equal. They both had very rich parents, and were both learning in the same school, with the same teacher. Everything about them was absolutely equal and right. There was only one thing different between them. The difference was one of them was a very clever person called the wise man, and the other one was a simpleton. He wasn't stupid, but he was very simple. He thought in a very simple and straightforward manner. We would tend to think that the wise boy has an advantage. He's clever, he's wise, he sees everything through the eyes of intellect. We would think that that is in his advantage. But 
But when we learn this tale, we'll see towards the end that the wise man lost his whole life because of his wisdom. Lama. Why? Because the wise man received his wisdom without prayer. And that caused him to become vain and proud and it damaged him. The real blessed memory writes that everything a person receives in this world without prayer is going to damage him. If he merits, he'll see it in this world, and if he doesn't, he'll see it only in the afterlife. My son heard what I said, and he asked me, what am I supposed to do if I receive things without praying for them? I said to him, say thank you. When a person says thank you, it mends that situation so that it shouldn't harm him. Because gratitude, saying thank you for something, is acknowledging the reality that what you have is something that you received as a gift from Hashem. <laughs> The most important thing in this world, the most important thing for any person is emuna, faith. In this world, every moment, every person that I meet tells me how he is suffering in this world, and this is all because he is lacking emunah. This is something that affects a person more than anything else with his happiness. So many people are truly suffering from fears, anxieties, sadnesses. Because 
‫ואמרתו אותו, ‫שיהיה לו אמונה, שיהיה לו פרנסה. ‫אמר לי, אמונה יש לי. ‫-אמונה, אני מלא, יש לי הרבה דאגות. ‫איך יש לך אמונה? אני אמשיך, לא מבין, אותו דבר, אדם יגיד, יש לי אמונה, רק יש לי עצבות, אותו דבר. יש לי אמונה ואלה שלום בית. יש לך אמונה, כל דבר זה קשור, כל דבר בעולם הזה זה קשור. האמונה. אומר שאת אוכל ואוכל ואתה כל הזמן רעב. אז משהו, משהו לא בסדר. אם יש לך אוכל, אבל אתה אוכל, אז זה התחיל להיות שבח. אז מה שהסברתי לו ואין מי לדבר לכם, שאנשים לא מבינים מה זה אמונה. אז כולם יגיד ‫כי יגידו אחריי. ‫-So everyone is going to repeat after me. ‫אמונה. ‫אמונה. ‫השם יתברך תמיד אוהב אותי. ‫השם בלסד בי איז נאם אולויז אבסמי. ‫ותמיד יהיה לי רק טוב. ‫-And everything will always be good. ‫ואילי עוד יותר טוב, עוד יותר טוב. ‫-And it will only get better and better. ‫זה אמונה. ‫-That is אמונה. ‫אם אדם חושב שיהיה לו רע, ‫אז אמונה אומר שיהיה לך רק טוב. If a person thinks 
that it's going to be bad for him. He doesn't have a Muna. Because a Muna states that a person is only going to have good things happening to him. Rabbi Nathan addressed the writes in his book, Rabbi Nassim addressed the rights that all the troubles, all the difficulties in this world happen only because a man has fallen from his emuna, from his faith, to know that everything that Hashem does is only for the better good. As Malacha Sarah, as Ah, Shachachti, Shachem To, Tashi Tuva, Shachazol, Lada Shachem To, Ezo. So when a difficult situation comes to a person, he needs to think, I forgot that Hashem is only good, and once he realizes it, then things will really change. Hashem is one and his name is one. What is Hashem's name? Good. Hashem <laughs> The main aspect of Hashem's name is the name of Havaya, the letters Yud-Kei-Vav-Kei. That is a name that represents mercy. Hashem is all mercy. And who is the one that realized that Hashem is all mercy? That is Moshe Rabbeinu who understood this perfectly. Or Noah it says that he was a righteous and innocent man in his generation. Ah, And when Noah left the ark and he saw the world destroyed, he was shocked. He saw the world completely in destruction. And he started praying. The Holy Zohar writes that Hashem said to Noach, You are a foolish shepherd. Why? Now you're remembering to daven and pray? You could have prayed. Before this happened, it prevented all this destruction. What did Noah not know? That Hashem, blessed be His name, His mercy is infinite. 
על האדם שיחזור בתשובה. אברהם אבינו עליו השלום ידע שהשם רחמן יותר מאשר נוח. אבל גם הוא לא ידע שאפשר להתפלל על השאלהם שיחזרו בתשובה. אז אם יש עשרה צדיקים, אתה לא יודע, בזכות עשרה צדיקים, תעשיר גם את הרשעים. אבל משאר רבינו הסיק את הרחמים של שלשם ומטול בכל הצדיקים. וגם הידע שאפשר להתפלל על אשר המחי הכי גדולים שיחזרו בתשובה. לכן הזוהר הקדוש כותב, אם אשר רבנו היה בזמן עברם עמנו, לא הייתה נכפכת סדום. נכון, אין שם שום צדיק. הוא היה מתפלל שהשם יחזר אותה בתשובה. גם הזוהר אמר, משם משה עמנו מאי בזמן נוח, לא היה מגמול. אנחנו לומדים את זה בשבילנו. אנחנו צריכים להאמין ברחמים של השם. ולהאמין שאפשר להתפלל על כל העם שיחזרו בתשובה. כולם מקיימים את הגמרא שהרבה מהר התפלל על השם ויחזרו בתשובה. אמר לנו שיתפלאים שיחזרו בתשובה. ועוד גמרא, כמה מקומות. צריכים לדעת שכל אחד יכול להתפלל שכולם יחזרו בתשובה ואז להתפלל על משפחה שלו כל אחד יחזור בתשובה. 
The main thing that we need to know is that anyone can pray for others to do tshuva and to repent. And that means that we can pray for our family members to do tshuva and to repent. The thing that we all need to work on and also to merit our families is Emuna. I always explain what is education. Education is giving. When you have something, you can give it over to your children. That is called education. You have emuna, you can give over your children emuna. If you are a God-fearing person, you're able to give that over to your children. If you yourself lack it, you're unable to give it over to your children. Therefore, everyone needs to work on themselves to have emunah. And how do you work to have emuna? You learn the books that teach emuna. And you daven and pray that Hashem shall give you emuna. People think that they're able to receive a muna, it's something natural, it's ingrained within you. Everything that you have, you have to receive from Hashem. Everyone here, if you have fears, anxieties, worries, sadnesses, you need to realize that you're lacking in Muna and pray to Hashem and ask Him, Hashem, give me a Muna. Uh, 
ממש שבנים זה מראה של ההורים. שאלתי למה עקדת יצחק קוראים לה ניסיון של אברהם אמונו. ‫הזה. <laughs> Avraham Avinu was 137 הולך אחרי השם, עבודת תשם, אך אתה, מה קרה עכשיו? רק עכשיו יהודה. עכשיו, בזמן שהשם ראה שצחק אבינו מתבלטל לאברהם אמרנו, ושומע אלוהו, אם יצחק אבינו לא שמע מה שצריכים לשחק, שמע זה מאברהם, אברהם יצחק אמר לאברהם שלום, השם אמר לך, אתה זה, אני מכן. עכשיו, כיצחק, אם אברהם יש לו יראת אלוקים, אז יצחק יש לו. אברהם זה עבודה, יצחק זה מראה. כולנו צריכים לראות 
לראות אם המענים שלנו, יש להם אריאת אלוקים. לא, אם לא, תעבוד על עצמך. אין טעויות בעולם הזה. אז לחזור, נראה לי שהאמונה. צריכים לדעת שמה שהסברתי, מה זה אמונה, אז באה אצלי ממש אצלי מישהו ממש בוכה ומצער ואומר שיש לו צרו וממש והוא לא הולך כלום וממש בוכה. אמרתי לו, תכתוב. מה זה אמונה? אמרתי לו, אמונה שמדברת, תאמידי לי, רק תאמידי לי, עוד אותו טוב, עוד אותו אמרתי לו, כל היום תחזור לזה, כל היום. אני יודע, יודע בוודאי, ואפתח לך, שבעה ימים, תעשה את זה. הכל ישתלב לטובה בחיים שלך. אישה מחרדות ופחדים, אמרתי לה תחזיר על זה כל... כל יום אפילו עשר דקות רצוף, כל יום, כל פעם שיש לך פחד, תגיד, מה פתאום? יהיה לך רק טוב, שם אוהב אותי, ויהיה לך רק טוב, כל מחשבה, תדחה אותה עם האמונה. רפואה, יהיה לו 
רפואה, יהיה לו כל דבר. להזיק באמונה. בטח שיש לכם שאלות. טוב, אילי רק טוב, למה אולי, אולי השלום להחזיק באמונה, זה אמונה. אמרתי לאנשים שבואי אלוהים בימים האלה. אתה אוהב את הבנים שלך? אתה רוצה שלך מה הכתוב? השם לפחות כמוך. אמרתי לאישה שאתמול, יום שישי, אמרתי, וגם אחר, את אוהבת את הילדים שלך? בטח. מה את רוצה שלהם? רק טוב? רק טוב. בטח. מה? השם לפחות כמות. I said to a woman that came to me on Friday, I said to her, you love your children? You only want good to happen to them? Hashem is at least like you. That is what he wants for you. Smile. <laughs> that is the wisdom that Hashem is at least like you. מאיפה יש לך אבא לילדים שלך? עבדת על זה? עבדת על זה? שיהיה לך אבא? עבדת על זה? אה, זה טבעי. מי נתן לך ארבעה לנדים שלך? מורה העולם. תדע שהוא השם אוהב אותך. כל אחד יודע שלאהוב את החבר, לאהוב את האישה, אפילו לאהוב את ההורים, זה לא טבעי בכלל. אבל לאהוב את הילדים? זה טבעי. למה? זה 
זאת רשע. כתוב בתורה, חומש בתורה שהשם מציבה לנו לעשות תשובה. אחד מתערב את תרגי מצוות לעשות תשובה. רבנו, כל הספרים, מי שלומד את הספר שכתבתי בשדה ההר יראה שהבאתי ראיות מהרבה ספרים. צריכים לעשות כל יום תשובה. You have to do תשובה on a daily basis. כל יום צריכים להיות לבד עם השם. Every single day you need to be alone with השם. בלי פלאפון. Without your phones. ולדבר. אפשר, אתה יכול להיות בלי פלאפון? Can you be without your phones? כן. בשבת, מה, אתה מחזיקים פלאפון? שלום. גם שעת בודדות, אז זה שבת של כל יום. אתה ממשל עם השם. ואז מספרים על הקדוש ברוך מה עשיתי מיום הכיפורים של אתמול עד יום הכיפורים של היום? יש לנו יום כיפור כל יום? כן, כל יום שאדם עושה שעת בודדות זה יום הכיפורים. מכפה לך כל הרוב. כיפורים ב-23 שעות פורים. חיים יפים. כל המשימה. עושים תשובה כל יום. אז ככה. כתבתי בספר בזה אדם שעושה כל יום שעת בודדות עושה כל יום תשובה אז זה דרגה של תשובה מהאבא הגמר הקדושה ביומר כותבת מי שעושה תשובה מהאבא אפילו זונות מפחדים לו לזכויות. אז 
אז זה לומד לעשות תשובה. לא קשה. צריכים ללמוד את זה. אתה חייב לעשות תשובה. זה לא חסידות. כתוב בתורה. צריכים לעשות תשובה קודם. לא ותרן. ככה כתוב ברגברה ושם לא מי שאומר שהשם ותרן לא יגיד את הכלל של ‫השם <laughs> זו המתנה הכי גדולה בעולם הזה. שאדם, גם נשים שלא חשובו שיש נשים משלכם, יש להם פלוג טוב, לא עשו תשובה. גם, זה לא עניין של חייו. זה מתנה של החיים שלך. כל יום השם אוכל לך על עוונות שעשית. וכמו שאמרתי, שמי שעושה תשובה כל יום לא שהשם אוכל לאות העוונות, נאבכים לזכויות. עוד מעט אסביר את העניין הזה. אבל בינתיים, בן אדם שעושה תשובה כל יום, אז כל יום עושה עוד מצוות ועוד מצוות. גם בעברות נפלחים לזכויות, כל יום עוד זכויות ועוד זכויות. חז"ל אומרים, כתוב בגמא בשבת, אין איסורים לעולם. 
אז אתה עושה כל יום תשובה. אז אלה חיי אסורים. בכל יום, בכל אופן, יש מה שהם רואים שלא הבנת משהו, יש לך איסורים, אבל אתה חי באמונה, אתה אומר תורתה לאסורים. ואתה מייב שם עושה תשובה, היה שאז עושה תשובה. בבקש מה שאתה אומר, מה אתה עושה של התשובה? אז אני מסביר לכם בצורה קלה מאוד. איך אדם יזכה שכל יום אצל תשובה? כל יום יהיה לו זמן להיות עם השם יתברך. לא שכח, בלי פלאפון. לא שכח, לא שכח. איפה? בית כנס לבד. בהדר להיות לבד עם השם. לדבר עם השם. אתה תראה שיהיה לך קשה לדבר. למה? כי אין לך אמונה. גם אני שהתחלתי לדבר עם השם. גם הרגשתי שאין לי אמונה. ומה עשיתי? ביקשתי מאשר תן לי אמונה. לא דקה. לא חצי שעה רב סוף. הנתן פרשן, תן לי אמונה. תן לי אמונה שלמה. תן לי אמונה שאתה עומד פה. תן לי אמונה שאתה אוהבת תמיד. אתה פה שומע אותי. 
‫בא שהשמיים תפולות. ‫זה הכה אותי לכתוב ‫עשרות ספרים למען אמונה. ‫זה לא, לא. ‫זה עבוד ארץ, תעבוד. ‫כל אחת רצחים לעבוד. ‫אבל זה שיהיה לך אמונה. ‫ברוך השם, ממש... ‫אתם יכולים לקצר את העבודה ‫אם אתם לומדים את הצבעים, ‫את החובות. You can shorten the amount of work that you'll need if you'll read and learn the books and the books and booklets that I wrote. Kolyom pokim pokshiman shim shimoim sends man Every day I meet people who tell me who changed my life. The books changed my life. Yom shishi, yom chemishi, ayo it's near. Goyim. On Thursday and on Friday, non-Jewish people came to visit me. Had Nasa, One of them flew in from Missouri just to say to me, thank you for writing the books. Yeah, it's more Yesterday there was a person who drove in for three days from Denver just to say to me thank you. I talked with a woman who was saying I spoke to a non-Jewish woman who told us she learned the book of the Garden of Amunah, she stopped going to church, she threw away her cross, and she does an hour of Itbodidut every single day. Abraham Abinu, a blessed man, he spread in Muna throughout the whole world. Kulam, Kim Nafit, Tasvarim, Lorak, Leyudim, Gan Melegoim. All of you need to spread out and to distribute the books, not just to Jews, but to non Jews. Kim Lelamed, Kulam, Muna. You need to teach everyone in Muna. ‫כמיום... <laughs> On Wednesday, on Thursday, on Friday, people came to me 
One of them told me that she doesn't want to do it for maybe three years. Another one said to me, he's done it for several years. And they're all happy. They're enthusiastic. They're filled with life. They don't know me. They never met me. They uh, just got my books. There were a few minutes of an intermission between the meetings. I was alone in the room. I was crying with tears. I said to the creator of the world, Give the whole world life. Give them emuna. Give them the books. The euros. Give them the books and the booklets. To learn how to speak to you, to say to you thank you, to do tshuva on a daily basis. Again, I'm explaining how do you do tshuva? After you've prayed on Emunah and you've merited to receive Emunah, you speak to Hashem because you can't battle what's going on without being aided from Hashem. You can't do it on your own. You started speaking to Hashem. Start doing tshuva. You don't do tshuva for the whole of your life. You do tshuva only for the last day, for the last 24 hours. Hashem shall give us more you do tshuva for the last day that passed, and through your life you already do tshuva for everything. Because you tell Hashem everything, also for the commandments that you did. Thank you that I got in Shachris. You merited me to that in Shachris. But you repent on how your Shachris looked like. What time did you happen? Etc. We don't need to remind people here of their transgressions. (laughs) Everyone here shall remember their sins and he'll be helped to make his life better and better. By It is so important for me 
you shall merit to do tshuva on a daily basis. Well, I don't know this the time. With the help of Hashem, I'm going to bless you. But please, go, purchase the books and the booklets for yourself and for others to distribute them. There are many books that we're missing because everyone here took everything that we had. You can order them through the mail. Everything will come very quickly. 